where I met my wife. Yeah. On a TDY before I went to Sicily for a year. I was in the Air Force. <clears throat> All right. I got two messages. I got the second message while we was in Sunday school. <laughs> and the reason I'm drawn to that versus this first first one, um, it's kind of kind of crazy in the sense that uh, I had a verse of scripture on my heart. I looked at the tabernacle and looked at the the coverings, which is where we were, and. I look at it, and when God says go with it, I do, but then uh, he hasn't. There was time, yes, hit and miss, but there's been several times on Sunday night he's led in a different direction. And I, I uh, study with a computer that's got a lot of the commentators and uh, commentaries, and it's just easier to, to run references and things like that. And oftentimes my, my pages, like this morning, are simply definitions and scriptures. That's it. It just keeps me from flipping and lets me go pretty quicker, and a lot quicker. Anyway, so I had a, I had this, I had a, a verse of scripture on my heart, and I looked it up and looked it up in where I keep. It has a little study tab, uh, study note tab, on the three four the threefold cord there in Ecclesiastes, and when I typed that in and pulled it up, I'd preached that same thing. And it was interesting because the exact scriptures that I preached this morning were my references there on the threefold cord. Talking about being bound in the unity. I know where I'm going now. Being bound in, and unified. And, of course, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, threefold. You know, you could just go on and on and on with it in the, in the home. you got the Father and the, and the mother and the children. And we could talk about, you know, the different places there where a house divided, which I did mention this morning, uh, and I looked it up in the various references uh, this evening, and I did add to it, uh, if I was going to preach this tonight, I did add, add to Matthew, the Matthew 12, Mark 3, and Luke 11 references where he had cast the devils out, and they accused him of casting out, you know, uh, uh, those devils in the name of Beelzebub, and of course he gave the discourse each time about Satan, you know, how can Satan cast out Satan, and if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. A house, if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand, and if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. And so uh, that house divided, and, and, uh, which would have went right in tune, obviously, with this morning's message about that unity of the believer being bound together. Of course, again, uh, going right here with the, uh, uh, that, um, where I was at this morning, uh, the spirit uh, being unity in the spirit and the bond of priests. We see that very next thing. There is one body and one spirit. Um, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all. So we see the Trinity there in verse number 4, one Spirit. Verse number 5, one Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse number 6, one God. And so we see the Father and the Father of all. And so 
So we could preach that and labor that and really kind of bail upon that, but that's not what we got. So we're sitting there in, in Sunday school. So there's, there's the sermonette. All right. <laughs> and here's tonight. All right. <laughs> Scripture references. This is what I got tonight. All right. So this is it. All right. <clears throat> we'll see what God does with it. So Brother Tim was teaching there, and uh, he's over there in Joshua. But we're going to go. We're going to go to Joshua here in a minute. But let's go to Exodus chapter. Exodus chapter fourteen. <clears throat> He was laboring there in Joshua, kind of read ahead <laughs> of where he was at. There in verse number five, and he's been dealing with sanctifying and sanctifying themselves because on the morrow, the Bible says there in verse five, tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And uh, as he has been dealing with that the last several times that he's spoken there, men's Sunday school, of course, one time it was a joint Sunday school here recently. Um, and, he, and he's been dealing with that. It's interesting because, and I, I said that we were on Wednesday night getting into the sanctification of salvation, and I got ahead of myself when I said that, but this coming Wednesday night is where we'll be in our study in salvation. Salvation dealing, the doctrine of salvation dealing with regeneration, repentance, faith, uh, justification, and then this Wednesday night we begin I mean, uh, sanctification within the doctrine of salvation, and that's where our studies are, and, uh, and of course, we dealt with that in a message here recently as well. But, uh, and we're going to get there, and like I said, in, in Exodus, I mean, in, in uh, Joshua, he, he tells them, and he, I know Brother Tim will get to it to us men, he tells them to stand still, and you know, as, as he was talking and in, in also in light of this morning's message about going forward in 2024, uh, as Brother Tim was teaching tonight and the Lord began to work in my heart and I, 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 and, and I seen the word stand still in verse number 8. We're going to get there in a minute, but I couldn't help but to remember going back to Exodus, which is where we're at now in Exodus chapter 14, that... They were standing at the brink of the Red Sea, at the shore of the Red Sea. The army was behind them, mountains was on either side of them, and the Red Sea before them. And they did move forward, but not before they stood still. And it hit me tonight, especially in light of this morning's message, that about going forward in 2024, that sometimes going forward, we're required to stand still. And that, that's what we're going to look at tonight. So real, real simple thought here, Exodus chapter uh, four, uh, 14. And again, here uh, we're going to pick up uh, reading. Let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Can't between. Let's just read the, the beginning of the first. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pi-Hadaroth between Migdal and the sea over against Baal-Zephon, and before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord." And they did so. 
And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people and they said, why have we done this that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him and he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and, the, and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them in camping by the sea beside Pi-Haroth and before Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us uh, to carry us forth out of Egypt? <coughs> Is not <coughs> this the word? that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. That's interesting. I will stop right there because we're going to get to the standstill part here in a second. But it's interesting to me that Moses knew what God had told him. God said to, to Moses, Go this way and camp where I tell you to camp. And that's what they did. But Moses didn't let the people know what God told them. They just followed Moses. And it wasn't until they seen the Egyptians that they said, wait a minute. And they began to be sore afraid and crying to the Lord. And then when they cried unto the Lord, I must be right in where something that Brother Chris had. He's enjoying this already, I guess. But anyway, but... Um, and I, I thank the Lord, thank the Lord for his leading, apparently. So anyway, uh, so he, they told Moses, and oftentimes, I'll just throw this out there, oftentimes in moving forward in 2024, there may be times when the church looks at the pastor and says, Are you sure about that? Are you sure that that's what God wants us to do? And the Lord may put it in the heart of the pastor. You know, some things that he doesn't necessarily put in the heart of the people at, at the, that particular time. And he causes events to happen, like the Egyptians to come up behind them, that says the church or the people will then say, what's going on here? And they begin to cry out unto the Lord. Then, of course, they turned on Moses a little bit. What have you done? You've led us out here to die. Didn't we want to say we just wanted to stay in Egypt and serve the Egyptians? And now we get to our verse, our verse here in verse number 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show, show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, Speak to the children of Israel that they may go, here it is, forward. But before they went forward, they had to stand still. 
And I was reminded, I'm, I'm not going to just bring it up in the negative, but I am bringing it up in the positive. If you'll remember back to the week that I candidated for the church, there were certain uh, events that Brother Williamson had in his mind as far as turning over the reins, if you should call me as your pastor. And it was brought up that we put a time frame and a stipulation on that, those events to take place. And I said, stand still. Follow me in this. And I preached David and Solomon, I mean, yeah, David and uh, Saul, both anointed. And in time, David was hand, handed the reins. And then we just stood still. You follow the direction of, of me and, and that. And it, it worked out better than what the stipulations of we wanted to put our, if we put our hands on it. We just took our hands on it. We just waited and God worked it out quicker than, again, the time frame that we were going to put on it or thought about putting on it or suggested to be put on it. So there was just an example that it's already happened within this church in the very beginning of my ministry here in this church. And, and here we are again, going back to this morning's message, standing at, the, at the, standing at the brink, standing on the shore of 2024. Hey, that works. Standing on the shore of 2024, and God says go forward, but he also may, see, may tell us just to stand still and to actually see him, his hand work in it. So many times we're just, we are just ready to get in there and get at it, roll up our sleeves, and we go crashing in without any preparation, and we make a mess of things. We really do. Instead of just waiting on God. And there's nothing wrong with zeal. In fact, zeal is encouraged. It's good to be zealous for the Lord, but, but Peter... Got a little too zealous, right? <laughs> God, had, Christ had already told the disciples what must needs happen. And then Peter, in his zealous, in his zeal, zealousness, zeal, he said, I'm going to go all the way to death. I'm going to go all the way to the cross with you. But we know what happened in Peter's life. If he had just stood still and tried to understand what Christ in his saying what was going to happen and what needed to happen and understand, stood what happened, but he didn't understand because he let his zeal blind him of the things that Christ was telling him that must needs to take place. Of course, later on it was revealed to him and Peter became one of the renowned apostles, if you want to put it that way, one of the leaders in the, among the apostles, and was used mightily of God later on. And oftentimes as we move forward, we need to sometimes just understand that it is a time to stand still and see. Watch God. God says to do it. We need to be, have a heart to do it. We need to have a mind to do it, to follow him, and a heart to follow him. But if he just says, scotch it up just a minute, and wait and let me get ahead of you and let me take care of these things that you 
you don't know how you're going to overcome when you're standing at the brink and you got the mountains on either side, you're entrapped by the land, the army of Pharaoh is behind you and you don't know how in the world you're going to go forward, just stand still and watch God. Go to the closet. And I've said it, I've preached it, I've just almost to the, to the, to the place of just beating a dead horse. But maybe we'll get it one of these days. But and I and again, I know I appreciate brother, brother Tim in the Sunday school how he kept saying, he he, he was saying you and he said, oh, scotch it up, just back it on to me. And and then oftentimes I you know I say it to you, but I put it back on me and 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 I've often said and have practiced, but sometimes waver in my practice that we can do more on our knees than we can do getting out there and, and do it. I can't change hearts. I can't turn you. But I know somebody that can. And I can, as we read it in the songbook this morning, go and tell Jesus on me. We get on our knees and we handle those battles, whether it be our children that needs the Lord, whether it be the adversary down at the workplace that is just a thorn in your flesh. And if you just go and pray and trust and leave it to him, just watch him, as it says in verse number 14, the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Of course, you know what happened. He stood still. He told the children of Israel, just calm down. <laughs> in other words, and just stand still and see, <clears throat> as he said it near the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today for the Egyptians whom ye have, today, have seen today, ye shall see them no more forever, and the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak to the children of Israel, that they may go forward, but lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thy hand over the sea, and, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them, and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them, and the pillar of the cloud, pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them, and it and and came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that one came not near the other all the night. <coughs> Excuse me. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea, sea dry land, and the waters were divided, and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses 
his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked uh, unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire uh, of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, and the waters, uh, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them, but the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day. Note the word saved there. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of, uh, out of, the, hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. So stand still, the Bible says this in verse number 13, and see the salvation of the Lord. And we see that the Lord saved. <clears throat> verse number 30, and thus the Lord saved Israel. So we can apply <coughs> this to our excuse me, our salvation for those in here that may be lost and struggling or those that we can take in dealing with those that are lost. If they come to us and oftentimes they want to do, want to do, want to do, what can I do, what can I do? Sometimes you just have to say, like Moses to the children, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You can't do nothing. Take your hands off of it. And just surrender to him. Like we sing in the invitation song, I surrender all. We do, that in, we do that in salvation, but then we can see the salvation to the things that we may stand up against if we will just stand still. We will go forward <laughs> if we stand still when the Lord, by his cloud, as he puts it here in this passage, and by his pillar of fire, as he directs us, if we will just follow him, stand when he says stand, and go forward when he says to go forward. Our next passage, number two, we see stand still in the salvation of the Lord. Stand still in the securing, I'm getting, I'm taking Brother Tim's point, securing of his promises. Stand still in the securing of his promises, Joshua chapter 3 and let's pick up in verse number 5 where he was at. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So he said he'll, he, he sent salvation in Exodus chapter 14. And now he's doing wonders among, him, among the people. <clears throat> Again, this is the people. All that other bunch is dead. <clears throat> Those that had come through the Red Sea is dead, are dead because they failed to believe Joshua and Aaron, and they died in the wilderness. These are their offspring now who had heard about the Red Sea but were born during that 40 years' time. 
they hadn't seen those great wonders. They didn't see. They'd heard about the Red Sea, but they didn't see that for themselves. And, and Joshua telling this bunch, Joshua's seen it. Aaron's, Aaron's seen it. Joshua, is it Joshua and Aaron? Joshua and Caleb. Caleb. I had Aaron. I know why I said Aaron. Because I've got a Joshua Aaron as my oldest son. That's his name, Joshua Aaron. And I, I have said Joshua Aaron so many times, I'm stuck. Joshua Aaron. All right, so I'm sorry. Joshua and Caleb. I thought it didn't sound right. Caleb wanted that mountain. And he got that mountain. Those two seen the Red Sea. Those two understood the, 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 the might of, of, of God. They understood that they could go in and conquer the land 40 years prior to this. But the rest died in the wilderness in unbelief. Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. <clears throat> And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. And, that, and this just come to me. I just want to point this out. I don't understand why. Maybe it's just for me. But it's encouraging to me. In Exodus chapter 14, and we read it just a moment ago, <clears throat> the very last verse there in verse number 31, And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon Egypt, the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord, and <laughs> believed the Lord, and his servant Moses. Yeah. Now, earlier in this chapter, we read it, they were doubting the leadership of Moses. Moses, you brought us out here to die. We didn't have the graves in Egypt, but you're going to just fill up the wilderness full of graves. By the end of this chapter, after the Lord moved, then they got confidence in Moses. And we see the same thing here. After standing still, or before they stood still, he told Joshua here that when I move, when I do these great and mighty wonders that's going to take place on tomorrow, I am going to, among these people, that, uh, I'm going to instill in them that you are a leader as, and that I am with you as a leader as I was with Moses. So we're going to see this again, and let's just read that. So in Joshua 6, and Joshua spake unto the priest, and back up, verse number 7, and the Lord spake unto Joshua this day, Will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of, the, of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. <coughs> now they had to go forward a little bit with this one. In, in the first account that we had at the Red Sea, they stood still and then went forward. Here, the priests had to go forward and then stand still. There was an act of faith, and it was, it was as, as he, he mentioned just briefly tonight in our men's Sunday school, and he mentioned it in the past 
in the past weeks when he's been in this chapter that the water of the Jordan was out of the banks. It was overflowing. So for anybody, I know several years ago here in Oklahoma, the whole state was flooded. <laughs> the whole state was underwater, uh, it seemed like. Because at that time, uh, I think Rebecca was doing some courting. And we come out two or three times just so they could see each other. Anyway. And, uh, and we, where we stayed, there was a couple in their old church um, that uh, had some rooms that we stayed with them when we went. And you could see this lake back behind them when it was normal in the banks. But it was out of the banks. I mean, it was creeping up toward them. And uh, they was talking about how that they had never seen the water that high before. And I know that FEMA was here for, it seemed like forever, just mitigating all the, all the floods here a few years ago. You know, and when something, you know, floods, waters, and just to see the, the power of water is amazing. Uh, I've spoke to, about being in the ocean, and, you know, you think that you're on solid ground, and then a wave will come in, and uh, ground is out from underneath you. I've got a video somewhere of Lisa getting rolled by a wave over and over and over again, wave after wave after wave, and I'm up on the bank going, this is good stuff. <laughs> you know, by the time you get up, there's the next wave. And I'm like, yeah. You know, America's Funny's own videos or whatever. But, um, but just the power of, of water. And, 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 and the fear of that, my, my mom, I don't know, something happened when she was young, I think somebody pulled her in or pushed her in, and uh, she was fear, fearful of water. She was fearful of all of us being in water, children and grandchildren, we're out there swimming or whatever, and she would get, you know, she, especially on the mountain river, we'd go to the river and she would just get a, one of those, uh, she'd get a chair that... And just sat down in the sat down sit, sit here in the water and sat in the water and that's as far as she got her. She'd just sit down on a rock. She, that's it, because she was fearful. She was in a pool. She was hanging on to the side. That's just the way she was, because of the fear of water. And so here, the the priest had to had to approach that water out of the banks. And you've seen flood waters, and it is a, a mighty mighty thing when you see houses taken downstream, and you see bridges, and you see roads washed out by water. It is a fearful thing. And it might have been something like that. I said, something's, a, something's up with this. But they had, to stay, they had to go forward and then stand still. Verse number 9, And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye know that the living God is among you, that he will with all or without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the, and the uh, Hittites and Hivites, there we go, and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now therefore take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every, man, uh, uh, every tribe of man, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off 
from above, and they shall stand upon in heap. And it came to pass that when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks at, at the time at all the time of harvest that the waters which came down from above stood up and rose up upon and heap very far from the city, Adam, that is beside Zeratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all the people passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. And so we see the salvation stand still, and see the salvation stand still for, for the securing of the promises because we know that on the other side of Jordan was the promised land. And then, of course, I'm sure Brother, uh, Brother Tim and our men's Sunday school will get into the battles that was ahead of them, but it's interesting We've seen, we've seen that very thing. So in this, we see the salvation and salvation from the Egyptians in, in Exodus. We see the salvation or the securing of the promises that the Lord, and there is a battle here, if you will. Verse number 10, that he was going to go before them and drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hittites, and the Hivites. There we go. The Perizzites, and the Gergesites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites, and all them otherites. <coughs> he was going to drive them out and secure the promises. Secure the promises. And oftentimes again, whether it's our lack of faith and going forward, we're fear. I mean, because of what we see, doubt, there's no way that we're going to get this, this crowd over on that side with a water like this. And so doubt comes up in our minds about the promises of God. Fear comes up in our minds about moving forward for God. When God called me to preach, it was fearful. When God sent me out on deputation, and I made, because of tax, it's tax season again, because of tax season, I made my last day at Island Ford under the, their employment the 31st of December. So I wouldn't have to worry about a W-2 the next year. So the last day of December was my, of 2017 was my last day working for them. And then 2018, I stepped out and I told you before, I had... Not even a third of what my outgo was promised to come in, and it didn't always come in. I appreciate our missions when, you know, because people live of, of the missions giving. And that's why when they had a little hiccup with the, the misreading of the post office of the envelope for Brother Tooley, he's like, uh, you're all faithful. I mean, it comes in like clockwork, and all of a sudden, it wasn't there, and something's wrong. And he, he asked me about it. I said, I know what happened. And I told him. It was important, you know, when, but, so, so, but sometimes it doesn't come in. Some churches, some missionaries. But 
God said go, and it was a fearful thing because you're saying, where's it going to come from? But God all along the way took care of my needs. It was amazing to watch and absolutely amazing to watch. But oftentimes we step out and God says to go, and he says, I'll take care of you. But the flesh says, the flesh it says to walk by faith and not by sight. The flesh looks at, the, looks at things. We, we try to examine the things. We try to weigh things out. We try to, to, to make sure that we're, that we're, you know, at least got some, you know, emergency funds or whatever. It's amazing when God takes care of the emergency funds too. I mean, when I'm talking to take some away and you have nothing and you say, okay, big boy, now what? You're going to finally listen to me? You're going to finally depend upon me in this? You used your emergency funds the last little uh, hiccup if you, if you had to just learn to trust me. And there is no emergency funds because you'd already used them. And now what? And you have to say, okay, God. And you have to just watch God stand still. See the salvation. Stand still in the securing of the promises of God. He loves us. Let me read it again. Thank you, Brother Rains. I've used it so many times. And I know it's, it's rained true in Brother Tim's heart because he, he keeps going and says, what, is it, what did that preacher say? God loves us too much to do us wrong, and he's too wise to make a mistake. He feeds the sparrows. He feeds the fowls of the air. He clothes the lilies of the field. How much more does he love you and I? His children. Sometimes we need to stand still as he secures the promises and for us to secure the promises that he has before us. And in Ephesians chapter 6, and I never did correlate this together until tonight, sitting right back there. And I know we've labored this. And two years ago after camp, the Lord said, go to the whole armor of God. And we did that, Ephesians chapter 6. But... In light of these two times where he says stand still, and I thought in light of, <laughs> in light of both situations, one, he fought the Egyptians for them. The other times he said he was driving out all those ites out of that promised land to help them secure the promises. And then here we see the word stand again. It doesn't say still. But in this, he didn't say anything about going forward. There is nothing about going forward. He says, stand and put this stuff on. Huh. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10, verse 10 through 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which 
is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all his saints and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, period. There's the end of the sentence, a long sentence there. But, but I think about it this way. It's not that we are going into the battle <coughs> the way that I just read it and thinking about it now in this application is that we are to stand. That the battle's coming to us. <laughs> we are on the defensive they're making an offensive against us. In fact, something was said this morning. Uh, where was it at? Maybe in the Sunday school hour uh, about the wickedness around us. I can't remember. Something was said this morning that kind of gives that, that, that all the way around us. It's just, it's just a flood of, this, of this, um, this deception. That's what it was. It's deception. It's all around us. It just seems to be, you know, the, just an onslaught. And in the light of the passage, the way I read it, he, he says stand several times there. Verse number 10, that you may be able to stand for us or not. Da, 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 da. And then wherefore take on that. So and, that, and having done all to stand, there's two. And then verse number 14, stand. So three times he says stand. He didn't say move. He said Stand. And put on the whole armor of God. You are defending. You are holding, Brother Hall, in my big Bible back there. I say my big Bible. I've got two Schofield wide margins. This is kind of a, it's not really a wide margin. It's kind of a, it's bigger than the hand, hand size. But it's not the wide margin, the large print, which is a much larger Bible than this. And this is a pretty good sized Bible. But I have quotes of preachers in the, in the front of my Bible. Brother Hall is a combat veteran. He uh, served with the 1st Air Cav, 2nd of the 7th, and the 1st Air Cavalry in Vietnam, 1965 to 1966, December 65, December 66. And he took that experience of his... Um, his Vietnam experience, and oftentimes he would relate into his preaching some of his experiences, which is understandable. And one of the things that he, he, uh, he related, and I've got this, <laughs> he, and I wrote it in my Bible, if you can't advance, dig in and hold your ground. Don't give up the ground that, you've, 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 that you have obtained but sometimes you can't get any more. You can't advance. You can't take any more ground, but don't give up what you've got. When you can't advance, dig in and hold your ground. And in light of Ephesians chapter 6, that's kind of where he's talking about. Just stand. Look, we've, we've come this far. We've secured the promises of God by his help. And Joshua, we've seen the salvation of the Lord because we stood still and watched God do it. We, we see the deliverance and the promises of God because we watched God do it. He said, I'm going to drive them out. You just stand still and I'll drive them out. 
I'll go before you. Hallelujah. And, hey, the future battle, when we come back on the white horses, <clears throat> we're just along for the ride. He's going to take care of it all, even though we're part of the army. <laughs> and we see that all in these, all these other passages. He is all in all. He is the conqueror. And when we stand and we face things, if we would just stand, stand still and let him take care of it. Trust, walk by faith and not by sight. Take our hands, we've talked about it before, take our hands off of the situation. And I said here, so stand still, we see the salvation. So stand still in, the sal in, sal in salvation, stand still in the security of the promises. And I put stand still in the spiritual battle. We're not on the offensive, we're on the defensive. We're to defend the faith. We're to defend the gospel. Put on the whole armor of God and stand in the defense of the gospel. It's under attack all the way around us. It's under attack. And oftentimes we want to get out there and we want to run ahead. And I know Brother Chris preached a message on this, a good message on this. <laughs> the fellow run ahead. Oh, yeah, that's that, that's that fellow I can tell by the way he runs. And he gets up there and says, what have you got for me? I don't have no message. <laughs> I run ahead with no message. I didn't see what was going on, but I just wanted to run. And, and that's us sometimes. We want to get ahead of God. Oftentimes when we, in fact, there was a battle that took place in November of 1965 in Vietnam. It was the first time the air cab was, which was a new concept of going into battle on Huey helicopters. And then Huey helicopters come and picking you up. They had landing zones. They wrote, so uh, then Lieutenant Colonel Hal Moore led the first of the air cab. He was chosen to figure out this new way of fighting, and he led the first air cab into this fighting in Vietnam. Lieutenant Colonel Hal Moore got with the Vietnamese commander after the war and said so that first battle, they, they were in they were in tunneled into this mountain. And and Hal Moore didn't realize how many adversaries they were up against. And they wrote a book, Hal Moore wrote the book about that first battle and entitled it We Were Soldiers Once and Young. And Hollywood took that book and that battle. And they made a movie out of it called We Were Soldiers Once. But in that battle, when they landed, <clears throat> again, this was a new concept, but an overzealous lieutenant <laughs> said, there they are, let's go. And the enlisted said, no, sir, <laughs> don't go ahead. And what happened was that platoon 
following this lieutenant got separated because the enemy came in behind them and got separated from the rest of their bunch and stayed separated overnight. And that's what happens to us sometimes. We're zealous, we're in the battle, we want to go out and we want to conquer, conquer it all for the Lord. And he just simply said, stand. Stand, put the whole armor of God, the battle's coming to you. You get out there too far away from me, <laughs> you might get cut off. You might become a casualty. Yeah. Stay with the stuff, we can go to David and stand, just stand, put the whole armor of God on and stand in defense and I will be there. <clears throat> but just stand and, and, and you know, it doesn't say anything about going forward. Just stand and put on all these things. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of speech, but it didn't say go nowhere. <clears throat> You're standing in defense. <clears throat> And it says, I like there, praying always. Again, we can do more. We'll back up. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always in all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. <clears throat> stand. So we see stand still, see the salvation, stand still, see the securing of God's promises, and stand still in the spiritual battle which we're in. Stand still. And that's my message tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Lord, I want to thank you for giving me this message as you did. Thank you, Lord, for helping me preach this message. And, Lord, as we go forward, as we preach this morning, as a church, help us to stand when we are to stand and to be still and take our hands off of it and, and to go into this spiritual warfare by faith and not by sight. Give us understanding of through spiritual eyes, like you open the eyes of the servant of Elisha when he saw the chariots of fire round about and you took the fear out of his heart because they were greater than the army that was around them. Help us the Lord like he opened and like Elisha see through the eyes of faith when we face battles, when we want to secure the promises of God, when we stand in need of salvation from the enemy. We pray and ask that you'll help us to recall this message and these scriptures and to make application to our hearts as individuals and our hearts as our families and then, Lord, as a church, help us to remember these things. I ask and pray that you'll bless in the invitation time. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen and amen. We have a song of invitation. I don't know. Maybe the Lord has spoken to you. You need to come and put on some armor. You need to come and just... Let go of your, let go, and let God fight the battle that you're facing, the, the, the adversary that may be up against you. Let go and let God, and stand still and see his salvation while we sing.